Hello, welcome to the Mind Your Gut podcast. I am Monica McClelland, and today is a bonus episode. It is an extension of the previous episode about long COVID and anxiety. There is something that I didn't talk about that I think is really important that we want to at least consider, especially for those of us who have been struggling for a long time post-COVID. And what I'm going to talk about here is not just COVID-related. It can happen post-viral infection of any any virus, essentially. Um, It can happen post-traumatic physical trauma, emotional trauma. It can happen... We can be exposed to this in our everyday life, especially if we have a lot of environmental toxins, if we're drinking tap water, if, I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can become exposed to this. And so I think it's something we need to become aware of and then learn what we can do about it. So I'm going to talk about ways we can identify and what we can do about parasites. So parasites... It's a really scary word, I know, and it's like when we think about parasites, we think that it's something that only, you know, you can get when you travel to India or Africa, but we all have parasites that live with within us, and a lot of the parasites live symbiotically with us, and um, they're beneficial in ways because they actually bind two toxins and two heavy metals in the body, and that can be protective, but if we're exposed to an overload of of environmental toxins, Um, if we're exposed to certain severely pathogenic parasites, then they can become an issue. And I've been thinking about the correlation between parasites and and the COVID infection for a long time now. There's been something gnawing at me at, you know, there's something here that maybe is parasitic related and maybe we need to start thinking about solutions with parasites. And the reason why the parasite connection came into my mind with COVID was because of the early, in the early days of COVID, when hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were so controversial as potential treatments. And I won't get into that controversy, but I would encourage you to look into Dr. Pierre Corey, um, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Um, Brett Weinstein, and there's another woman that her name is escaping me, but she did a whole bunch of studies in the UK, I believe. Um, and I myself got ivermectin and used it when I came down with the infection and my husband as well. And we felt great. <laughs> like a like I felt great like hours after taking it when I was exposed and so did he. So there was something there. Um, and it's, it's a very safe prescription drug to take, which I don't normally say that about prescriptions, but this one's been around for 40 years. There's a lot of safety around it, um, especially if you use it right. And Dr. Pierre Corey would be the person to look into as far as dosing um, and the eye, eye, heart, or eye math protocol. So ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, those are anti-parasitics and they're used for other things as well other treatments, but they are used to treat malaria and and other parasites. And so right in the beginning, when I learned about the mechanism of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, I was like, hmm, I wonder if the infection, the exposure 
is creating a toxic buildup in the body. You know, I talked about in the last episode about it, it feels almost like a poisoning and there is something potentially crossing the blood brain barrier. So, you know, and this is, this is absolute speculation. This is me trying to connect the dots and this is me trying to get people to think about other options because if you are suffering with this absolutely horrible anxiety and you don't want to go on these anti-anxiety meds, SSRIs that have a lot of um, side effects, then why not just listen and consider and then speak to a professional who is aware of parasites and aware of the nervous system and all of, you know, detoxification and all of this. Why not, right? So um, you have nothing to lose by just simply thinking about it and considering it. And this is what, this is where I have gotten my opinion and drawn my conclusions from is this, this anti-parasitic drug helping so rapidly and so quickly uh, with people who are symptomatic and in the very early stages. So what I'm saying here is that what if we are getting parasitic infections from this viral infection? Because if we are experiencing a toxic overload during, you know, the disease, the infection, then that can promote reproduction of parasites. That can promote an overgrowth of parasites because those parasites eat, that's food for the parasites, is these heavy metals, is environmental toxins, is certain, just, it could be a lot of different things here, but the toxic, the, you know, the poison aspect that I am feeling from this specific infection that can happen with other infections too, not just COVID, there might be a link here with a susceptibility of a parasitic infection, right? What if we need to cleanse ourselves of these parasites? And I want to give you some signs and you know symptoms that might help you out if to become aware if you have parasites in the first place, how you can test for them, and what you can do about them, right? And I always recommend seeing a practitioner, you know, talking to a healthcare professional, because this is the territory that you don't really want to just be doing things on your own. You don't really want to just be self-healing when you're trying to eradicate a parasite. Um, they, You will see them come out in the toilet. And some people, they have to undergo protocols for longer um, some people don't, so it just really depends on you and your body, right? But you can ask these questions and bring the attention to your practitioner to say, hey, maybe we can go down this avenue and just kind of rule this out, right? So ways that you can test. Now, a stool test is not going to be the greatest way to test for a parasite because parasites have life cycles. Um, they are nocturnal, so potentially only going to show up in the stool at night. So if you're not taking your stool test, a stool sample at night, it might not show up. Um, they might not show up because some of them move in and out of the body. I mean, there's just many different types of parasites that might not show up in the stool test. Uh, a blood test will show us our ferritin and iron levels. And if we have low ferritin, low iron, that might be a sign because the parasites will bind to ferritin and iron. 
kind of steal it from us in a way, um, our white blood cell count might be elevated, specifically with eosinophils. Eosinophils, I think that's how you say them. Um, anything above five is a potential marker. And then liver markers, so elevated AST, ALT, LDH. If we have liver markers that are really high, um, that is an indication that the liver is struggling and potentially parasites are involved in this toxic buildup in the body. So that could be one avenue that you go down with your doctor or your practitioner is getting this blood work and talking about identifying if you might have parasites. There are a few other ways that you can tell. There are a few other symptoms as well, like um, grinding your teeth at night. If you wake up with a sore jaw, if you are aware that you grind your teeth, if you have a lot more anxiety or insomnia around the full moon, there is the moon cycle of parasites, which is so interesting and they're very active around the full moon. So if you find that you are more irritable, more anxious, you can't sleep around that full moon, then again, let's look into this parasite avenue. <laughs> if you have rashes, if you have rosacea, if you have anything on the cheeks, some redness on the cheeks, if you have an itchy anus, an itchy nose, if you have persistent bloating, so as soon as you eat, you bloat up and it's chronic, right? It doesn't matter what you do. I This one is a big one with my clients is this persistent bloating that even after a bacterial, you know, antibacterial, antimicrobial protocol, when we're really cleaning up the diet, we're doing the probiotics, we're trying to change the terrain. If this bloating is still persistent, well, then we need to consider the parasites. These are going to be other ways to correlate that there might be parasites involved. And then solutions are going to be making sure that A, you're working with a, with a qualified, skilled practitioner that understands detoxification and parasite infections, and you want to be opening up your drainage pathways. So you want to be optimizing your detoxification, especially if you're going to go through a potent parasitic um, protocol, because it's going to be asking a lot of your body parasites can form these biofilms. Uh, there's a lot of, gosh, there's a lot of, of speculation and, and different opinions around the life cycle of parasites and how there's poly um, or pleomorphism where they can turn from yeast to fungi to, to bacteria to parasites. Um, so we want to optimize the detoxification ability of the body. So supporting the liver with various herbs, high quality supplements, doing saunas, making sure you're sweating, you're peeing, you are pooping at least two to three times a day. Um, castor oil packs, doing an appropriate cleanse, maybe a liver gallbladder cleanse. If you can do colonics or coffee enemas, these are all ways that you can try and open up those drainage pathways, get the lymph system moving, do a lymph massage, do um, some acupressure, some qigong, you know, various ways to really move the, the energetic body as well as get the circulation flowing in the body. And then you can endure a parasitic protocol. And there are many different companies. There is Cellcore, 
And they also have, so CellCore, you need a qualified practitioner, licensed practitioner to have access to some of those products. But then there's also microbe formulas, which is a way that you can um, access their products. There's Andy Cutler, who does chelation. There's Byron White, who has various antiparasitic um, herbs. There's homeopathy. There is, there's antiparasitic homeopathy. There is Rain Tree Amazon. They have antiparasitic formulas. And I'm not going to give tons of links in here because... I really would like to encourage you to speak to somebody about this so that they can strategically come up with a protocol for your body. But these are the solutions. It's opening the drainage pathways and then we can go at it with specific herbals that will help excrete them out of the body. And then you can take a binder, you can take bentonite clay, activated charcoal, activated bamboo, charcoal, um, just supporting the liver while getting rid of the problem. But now here's the thing. We have to change the internal environment of the body or those parasites may just come right back, right? And that means we have to be aware of our environmental toxins. If we do get infected with COVID, we need to be prioritizing detoxification. We need to become educated and informed about what is in the vaccines that we take because those can be toxic as well. And we can have adjuvants in them that will promote parasitic infections potentially. Um, and we need to we need to reduce our environmental toxin load. We need to reduce exposure to heavy metals. We need to become aware of what's in our tap water. It is a process of cleaning out the body effectively, changing the internal environment, and then maintaining homeostasis and creating resiliency, right? So if you have experienced severe anxiety and other long COVID issues, you know, you still can't smell right. If you have a lot of mood dysfunction, you're, you know, you, you have that anxiety, you have irritability, you have anger, you feel like you're just not quite yourself, then I would encourage you to go down this pathway of parasites and learn about what you can do in a self-healing way to benefit your lymph system, benefit detoxification, circulation, energetic, and nervous system function. So that is all for today. Thanks for listening.